Right. Do we just, do we start this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, Teague, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Let me welcome you to your studio. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> allow me to welcome you. <laughs> let me let you, let me. <laughs> Jeez, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm rusty today. It's always a little weird, you know, it's always a little awkward. Like Garth Algar said in Wayne's World, like a new pair of underwear. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's constricting at first, but eventually it becomes a part of you. There you go. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so welcome back to Noob Talk Radio. This is going to be episode 60, big six zero. I love that number. It's on a nice the, number. On the sheet. On it the looks sheet. so good to actually see a number, I, I got to say. Last time was There's funny. a number every fucking time. Dude, that only started like, I don't know, four times ago. Maybe no, it's more like eight, eight to ten times ago. I'm gonna look at your old emails. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Tell you right fucking now when it started. <laughs> I've already got it going back to fifty-two. Do you? Oh, 46. 50, uh, 45. Okay. <laughs> I only have. Oh, it doesn't go that far back. Oh. I've got one from uh, here. You go February, February this year, episode forty-three. In the okay, February. that's pretty good. So we've been doing it for <laughs> a while. Bad. But the numbers on the news articles. That's oh, that's what's number new. one, number that's two, number three. What's new. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. new. That's new. Uh, wait, <laughs> You've been yeah. Actually, number forty-three has numbers here. I'm, I'm noticing. Okay, but that was not uh, a standard. Yeah, it was not as religious as the uh, numbers on the episode titles. No, for sure. But it was actually it was ironically the cat's the cat's totally peeing like he doesn't give a yeah. fuck. No, no, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so like uh, he stares off so like deeply. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like they're fathoming the secrets of the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my cat too. Whenever she goes to the washroom, ah, geez, it's so, it's, I mean, I work in the office, right? And her, her cat litters in the office. So. Oh fuck yeah, uh, it's hilarious, man. They they look so funny when they. <laughs> Buddy, good jump, good job, man. Yeah, a little deep exhale. Poof. <laughs> Come on upstairs, bud. Well, that distracted me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we're here today. We're going to have what we will call fireside chat. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a particular topic in mind today. We just have a few news articles that we thought were fun that maybe we could, uh, you know, shoot Talk the shit about. about. Yeah. Yep. I've been really tired lately. Busy. Yeah, busy. A bit, a bit of a low energy phase because of all the condo shit going on. Although it's going extremely well, so that's great, you know. And uh, it, while I may have been bitching and moaning about my other half every now and then uh, during our earlier conversation, it's also, it has its really beautiful moments too because, you know, like on the, for example, on the bus yesterday coming back from the notary place, like I completely broke down and started crying in public because uh, it's kind of like, I had been undergoing so much emotional torture over the last torture, like on my like self-inflicted, you know, yeah, I mean? yeah. like over the past like month, uh, and like struggling so hard to do important shit at the same time as like my day job and stuff, and like not fall apart. And I had one of those moments where it's like I had I had so much doubt throughout this process that like this was actually going to be worth it, mm. and I had that feeling after we were coming out from the notary's place of being like. Oh shit! This was actually like a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And it was like the, the the emotional realization that it actually wasn't wasted. Yeah, that's pretty good. It was really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. So you know, while there may be tension sometimes, there's also some really beautiful moments. So yeah. you know, life is a sine curve. And there's a really beautiful analogy in there somewhere, and I Box don't have I don't have it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. But yeah. So I mean, for today's discussion, we don't have a, a just a, a broad topic to do, but we got. Um, a few little things. A few little things. There's the relatively exciting, not for the update itself, although the update is substantial, but um, Elden Ring a little bit in the news. Figured we could talk about, I mean, I never really get tired of talking about Elden Ring. Right. 
I'm hoping that people who listen to the show also don't get tired of hearing <laughs> about Elden Ring. Since the last time we played it. <laughs> if they yeah. do have trouble hearing about it, then it's maybe not the show for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a tough one to uh, stay away from. Tough for pill me. to swallow, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that's sort of like um, we we don't really have a specific time we need to talk about what we've been playing here, but that's kind of for me. That's uh, I I mean, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to come to terms with the fact that while I have the the like intellectually, I really want to try Conan with you. I haven't had the like emotional energy for it lately. Okay. I'm really introverted, and uh, I'm realizing this more and more. And yeah, it's been kind of like a thing of like I I get to the end of the day, and I actually frequently have been playing Marvel Champions lately. Like it's really just not even playing video games at all. But fair enough. Yeah. You don't have the mental capacity to do something new, or you don't want to yeah. dive into something. I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. It's like I don't have the emotional energy that requires. I 100% you know? understand. Um, and so I've been I've been just sort of like dicking around with Elden Ring. Like mm-hmm. an hour or two at a time, kind of thing. Fair enough. And it's really like it's just, it's such a because I guess I, when I get stressed out and I'm like I have a lot of anxiety, like I need like comforting things. Yeah, stuff that you're familiar with. It's not yeah. it's not time to learn something new. Yeah, no, I 100% get it. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you could even see that when I started playing Elden Ring because it's like it took me a while to get really into it. You know, yeah. like like I tried it for a while, but like I was really reluctant to like dive into it with the same I don't know gusto that I had tackled like Bloodborne and like Dark Souls and whatever. Mm. So it took a while too, but it's like but when when I finally eventually sort of got the hang of it, it's like really now you're comfortable in it. Yeah, yeah, man. I had I heard some journalists saying something weird the other day that really surprised me. But like, or maybe it was on Colin's show, and I think yeah, one of the the co-hosts, Dustin, perhaps was like they were talking about they they got like an email or a write-in from a fan, and the write-in was like asking them. You know, if you've never played a Dark Souls game before, like, which is the best one to start with? You know, like, do you go with the classic Dark Souls because it's the, like, most well-known one? Like, you know, what would you, what advice would you give for someone, like, starting out? And I thought his, his answer was just kind of, like, funny. It's not what I would have gone to at all because, like, I mean, I think I would just today be, like, just play Elden Ring. I don't... Absolutely. I mean, it's, like, it's not... Like, they're... It's kind of the best of the games, <laughs> you know? Like, it's not that the other ones are not good. It's just, uh... None of them do it quite like Elden Ring. Right, know? right. But I mean, and Dustin said on the show, which I thought was fascinating, he said that Dark Souls is largely considered to be, and I think believe this is his opinion too, because yeah, that's why they're asking him, because he's like the resident like from Soft Guy. Mm-hmm. So he knows he's like played all the games. And like he said that like, Dark Souls is the most challenging game. Like has the, he said something that everybody does agree on, which is that Dark Souls has some of the best level design ever evidenced in a video game. I agree with that. Um, it's not open world in the same sense as Elden Ring is, but it has a really, really neat, interesting, interconnected... Like, it's closed off areas, but every single area leads to another area right, right. organically. There's like there's never... Like, you get the ability to warp at some point in time, but you get that, like... 60-70% through the game like, okay. it's well. pretty late you know um, and before then you're just unlocking sometimes shortcuts but like you you, you literally walk from one way like one place in the world to another place in the world hmm. and they all connect like organically it's really interesting yeah nice anyways but he was like yeah he's, he was saying that like Dark Souls is the most challenging game and I, I I really could not disagree with that it didn't feel that it doesn't feel that challenging to me like at all compared mm-hmm. to the other stuff you know I mean if you're like experienced from software games like Elden Ring definitely I would say seems harder Bloodborne Bloodborne's a tough one to analyze because it's like that one is really different Sekiro is for sure harder like my god like, mm-hmm. that, that game was like like soul crushingly hard I think. right right yeah um the timing required mm-hmm. like because it's like the, the the cool thing about their games is like they all require timing but 
most of the games have crutches so you can avoid the timing. Right. Right? right. It's like you can use a shield if you have problems with timing, or mm -hmm. you can use a magic spell, you know. So it's like you don't have to interface with the timing if you don't want to. Right. <laughs> Which right. is like kinda cool. But anyways, that was a massive tangent. But all that to say Elden Ring a little bit in the news lately too, so we, we threw that on the list. List. I mean it really just has three items basically. But um yeah, Elden Ring just got its Coliseum update. Mm -hmm. And I guess this also kinda came a little bit from I've been out of touch with the news over the past like you know, two weeks maybe, and uh, my buddy Sheldon uh, just sent me a message on Messenger, just being like, "What do you think of this Coliseum update?" And I had to like double take and be like, and realize that like I'm actually so out of touch that I have no fucking clue what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of the genesis of wanting to talk about this. But so we'll, we'll in in this fireside chat, maybe hopefully Sheldon will answer your question of what do you think about the Coliseum <laughs> yeah, update? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So I mean, that's as good enough a place as any to start. Like, what do you think about the Coliseum update? I mean, it's a PvP thing, right? Pretty um, much. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's super cool. Um, yeah. Again. I'd, I haven't messed with it recently. Um, I haven't gotten into the PvP stuff much at all, actually. But, um, yeah, I just haven't touched the game recently. For and, sure. Um, I think it's super cool. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of... Uh, you could always do PvP, but I feel like actually having a PvP Coliseum yeah. changes things a bit, yeah. right? Um, maybe before you had some informal ones where, like, mm -hmm. that's where people use as a Coliseum, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool, too. I mean, it's like, I <clears throat> I guess after actually finding out what it is, I can say that I suppose my personal opinion is it's a disappointment for me, but it's that's not because it's, like, at all a bad thing. Uh, it's more like... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Sheldon, um, what I really want out of like a PvP-type stuff in, in Elden Ring, what I think makes the most sense, is a really rich covenant system like they did in the old games. Right. Like, that is kind of like what... So that's that's always going to be what I'm hoping the multiplayer update is, just because I found that was... It's kind of like the cool thing about the, the whole covenant system was that it sort of incorporated arenas mm. already, but in an in-lore way. Okay. And for, that was way more rewarding for me, I guess. Because yeah. it kind of, yeah, I mean, it kind of it made them make sense in the context of the greater world, and that always feels better than like just you put an arena. It's like there's yeah. nothing wrong with an arena. It's just not as cool as if you already have an arena in the game because this person's covenant, X Y Z's covenant, is to defend this area. Right. Right. So if you join them, you just automatically get pulled into multiplayer games where people are invading all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like that's like always a way cooler way to do it. I think so too. Yeah. And I really kind of feel like they a little bit missed the boat on this one because it's such a big and giant game to have like a neat covenant system that like makes these things interesting. Mm -hmm. you know? Because like also in the covenant system, which you know, in Dark Souls, even though it was underbaked and like it didn't work half the time, like there was a lot of like uh, just pure technical issues, I guess. Mm -hmm. But if it had worked as it was intended, like there was an, also an entire covenant to they had a whole system where you could purchase writs of like denunciation or something from some priest somewhere yeah. and it was like they were basically just scrolls that you would enter the name of a person who fucked you over in a pvp thing <laughs> and then they would get and then the, the whole goal of this one particular covenant was to hunt down and exterminate the dirty pvpers that go and kill players that they don't like that's pretty awesome it was amazing man like the system was fucking genius and like like yeah it had problems in implementation but the idea is so fucking good mm. and it's so from software yeah, you know, yeah. like a little alternative, like that's what they do best, kind of. Mm. Um, there was another covenant who was, uh, I think it was, I can't remember the name, but they were like these weird death root, death blight. Um, yeah, death root is Elden Ring, some sort of death god thing 
and like their whole thing was there was a boss in Dark Souls who was like the death god fuck was his name it's been a while um, I mean I played that game probably 20 times but it's been a while Fair and enough. the thing with the lore is that like each consecutive game sort of overwrites the lore of the previous game in my right, head right. <laughs> um, anyways uh, but yeah there was like some sort of like death root cult and their whole deal was they would just fuck with people pretty much like so they would teleport into people's games and they could go undiscovered for a long time. Like, their goal was not to expressly kill the player. <laughs> but by teleporting into their game, they would make all that player's enemies harder. Hmm. So they just kind of fucked with people. And, like, the longer... The Old trolling. Kind of. Proper trolling. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, and the longer the player wouldn't find them, like, the more benefits they would gain, I think. Hmm. In terms of, like, they would get covenant rewards, right? Right, right. And their goal was, like, not expressly to kill them. It was just, inv- like, sort of, like, corrupt a person's game. Right. Is the idea. That's cool. Just weird shit. You That's know, very like, cool. Weird shit. And then they had very simple ones. Like, there was, like, the sun, gu- the sun bros, you know, the... the, the there's the night of... So- uh, night of... What is it? Solar Astora? Knight of Astora, Solaire of Astora in the game, who's like an NPC who worships the sun god, and like they have a their their like covenant or cult or whatever is um, people that are just dedicated to co-op. Hmm. So like that when you join the Sunbro cult, you have a specific, you get a, spe- a special color. So it's like you know normally they're white phantoms when you help people, but you always know if it's a sun sun guy because they're golden. Hmm. Um, so it's like it's a it's a really just neat way of like denoting you as like being part of this covenant, and they would get special abilities that would just make them even better in helping people. Hmm. You know, cool. So this was like a cult dedicated just to that. Like it was really really interesting. Well, that would be a neat addition here. Yeah, no, totally. And and Dark Souls, you know, continued the formula. Like, I mean, sorry, Dark Souls three, uh, like further continued the formula. That's when I was talking about one time telling you about those weird, like they had like mad phantoms in that game, mm-hmm. which didn't have an express goal to help anybody or mm-hmm. hinder anybody. So you never knew what they were gonna do. Right. And like, and they were like a different color. They were purple instead mm-hmm. of the red and the white. You know, so just really a lot of like playing with like. There is blue in Elden Ring. Blue. Or purple. Purple? I feel like there's purple or blue. I thought it was just white and red. I feel like I no, because uh, I think I think when you summon someone to help you, once you get invaded, that you can also summon someone to help you, and I think they're blue. Uh, okay, that would totally make sense. I think. Yeah, see, that kind of shit is the old covenant stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just that they just didn't flesh it out in this one. Right, right. And I know? feel like it was like a ring that you had to buy. Or Blue something. cipher. Yeah, I've like never that. used it, but it's like yeah, they relegated the entire covenant system to like two items kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's fine. It's just not fleshed out enough. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like why not take that opportunity to just sort of like in a game that's more open than anything you've ever created before. I don't know. I just don't. It really, it really feels. I can't help but feel like. If you can ding the game on something, I would say it's that. Fair you know, enough. Like, and it's not so much that it's not doing something well, so much just just like a little bit of un- unrealized opportunity, perhaps. The same, like again, I, I would love to be able to ride around with friends on. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like this is not a thing. And it's yeah. Like, oh well. Yeah. I mean, it's not that the game is bad for not allowing that. It's intentional, yeah. but I would like that. I'm totally with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I also feel like that's a missed opportunity, but, you know, we've never... It's kind of like, that's the kind of stuff that's it's always going to be speculation unless someone actually sits, which I'm kind of surprised they didn't, sits Miyazaki down and asks him, you know, what the fuck is the deal with the no horses? <laughs> yeah, well, they they made that mod, right? Um, where yeah. you can have three friends. Yeah. And you can be on horseback. And horse. And, you can suck in, uh, like, and no fog barriers. That's insane. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? Yeah, But yeah. that's often the case with games is um, the modding community makes better additions than the actual developers, right? Totally, totally. Like, I remember years ago seeing um, a GTA online video, but it was like 
some modders had turned it into like a zombie apocalypse. Um, so it was GTA, but it was zombies. Kind of like Red Dead. Uh, it was Red Dead fucking amazing. Like I watched. Sounds cool. I watched videos of like an RP server or something. Like, uh, and I remember getting like totally suckered into these videos and being like, "This looks fucking epic. Like, this is what I want." Mm. But then found out it was just a mod for PC. You know, whatever. I would never get it or anything like that. Yeah. But it, I don't know. I think modders often do way cooler things than. Developers, you know. I mean, a lot of the time they realize the dreams and aspirations of the people playing the game. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. The developers unfortunately can't give them, you know. Well, and I imagine a lot of the modders too probably have as much, if not more, talent than some of the people working on the game sure. originally, right? They just for sure. whatever. Um, it's also kind of like they, they have the time and energy, mm-hmm. right? And love, yeah, you know, desire. Yeah. No, like, totally, uh, totally. It's like maybe even on a talent level, they're under them, but. Because of the time and energy mm-hmm. and the willingness to spend that. Well, you know, the, it's like, you know, it's not a job. Exactly. It's a hobby. Though, yeah, you know, exactly. And, um, it's out of love as opposed to out of necessity. For sure, for so, sure. Yeah. Anyway. Did you have time to check out this George R. R. Martin uh, little no, clip? No, I didn't. I just thought it was a really cool explanation in the man's words himself. Of right. Like, of what what's they, your contribution? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating. So, I mean, Mike Mike was originally, the, I think he sent this video to us in our, like, uh, our video game group chat channel. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, little short clip. He had it just cut out of, like, the literally, like, a minute and a half or whatever. Right. But, yeah, George R. R. Martin, it actually seems like a pretty cool interview overall. Yeah. But, uh, like, he has a lot of interesting stuff to say about sci-fi authors later, but, you know, mm-hmm. totally, whatever. George R. R. Martin uh, being interviewed by Stephen Colbert explaining... And Stephen Colbert asked him, like, what's your influence on Elden Ring? Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it was interesting because I, I actually had never seen it spelt out in an article before. Mm-hmm. And I'm, kind of, I'm surprised that they never did. It's kind of like, why would you... Because so it's funny, too, because so many articles at the time talked about, like, you know, how, how it's, it's like a big deal that George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. is, is on Well, this. definitely. It was a major selling point, I'm sure. Totally, totally. But we never knew what he actually did. You know? And that probably kind of was like, intentional. Um, I guess yeah. To, yeah. More people would be like, "Oh, well, well, even what they said, you know, like George R. R. Martin's game, yeah, you know, whatever." And it's like, "What the fuck? Like, yeah. you don't even mention Miyazaki? Like, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck?" But um, I mean, isn't that a cool? I mean, I guess so. For people who don't know the video, basically, what George R. R. Martin says is that uh, from software c- contacted them to rather contacted him to write a story for their game, and the, what they explained was they ha- they have everything set up, they have all their stuff. They have the way it is now, but they want an explanation for why it's like that, mm-hmm. right? And so he go, and so he's supposed to write the past of like five thousand years ago, and w- events that could have eventually led to like the current state of the world. Yeah, Redan and Melania's history and all that shit. Right? Yeah, because yeah. everyone's all fucked up, and they're all like, mm-hmm. you know, they're all sort of like, uh, like rot, uh, like oh, everything. Yeah, nice. yeah, Swamp Ionia, You know, it's mm-hmm. all kind of like all this, all this. It's clear that it's like post-apocalyptic the in the world of Elden. They yeah, wanted the him to work on the lore, basically. Exactly, right? exactly. And, um, but it's nice to have that fleshed out. In words mm-hmm. of what it actually means, you know, like because it it sounds so vague. But I, I feel like them throwing his name on there probably did a lot for their numbers. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe. I really feel like it had something to do with it. You're probably right. I, yeah, his, you know, his popularity was at its, I guess, not the peak, but he, there was so much demand for more of his stuff. Yeah, right? that's um, true. That's true. I mean, he he goes on later in the interview to say um, that uh, he's also working on an adaptation for HBO of some book someone wrote. Hmm. So just another example of like, yeah, he's just like a big name. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. He's, a, he's a desired name. I think so. I think uh, he's a major selling point, probably. 
Well, whatever. And he did a good job on the lore, man. I, I dig it. He really did. It's fucking dope. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the cool thing about the game is that it really, it feels, and clearly Miyazaki is able to do this himself because the previous games were not with like a, you know, fancy author's mm-hmm. help, right? So he, he just has a talent for putting stuff together that like has a, a history that makes sense. Right. But it's really cool that like all the, because when you play the game and you don't know anything about anybody involved in it, right? It's like you just... It, the, the lore is so delightful in the sense that like you see bits and pieces of it and none of it makes sense but it all just kind of sounds fun and cool and weird and mysterious so you just sort of always accept it mm-hmm. you know but if once you play the games for a certain amount of time the pieces do a little bit start to you catch references to one thing and another thing and then you, you slowly you really slowly start to put things together in your mind and you're like oh that's wait that's another person that talked about the Swamp of Aeonia but I think someone else was talking about this before mm-hmm. and like I guess this is kind of like a big deal in the world and like yeah but it really, like, it illustrates these points without ever sort of, like, putting it in your face. Yeah. Unlike yeah. the cat's bum right now, without ever putting it in anyone's face. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, so it was just, I thought, thought it was a neat video. Yeah, no, that's cool. But, um, and Elden Ring itself, I mean, the only other article that I, I wanted to reference here is uh, there was this... Oh, yeah, what, he has no idea <laughs> what made Elden Ring. Yeah. Well, I've got a little idea. That was hilarious. And yeah, that's well, his for name. For sure, for sure. <laughs> that's George R. R. Martin's <laughs> name on it. <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't think that's... Uh, yeah, what Teague's talking about here is there's an article on IGN called Dark Souls creator Miyazaki has quote-unquote no idea what made Elden Ring such a hit. Uh, subheading brackets, uh, I try not to think about it too much, which is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but um, Why? Why would you try not to think about it? Yeah, he seems like a kind of guy that, I mean, I feel like this narrative has emerged in multiple interviews with him. He really does not like contemplating the success of his productions. Hmm. I think it makes him uncomfortable. You know, I mean, it's like some people are just not... A lot of good creators don't ever feel like what they're creating has value, and like to think that it does have value would like interrupt the process somehow. That's what I was going to say. It, it it isn't as pure if it's focused on what made on what made it successful or what could make it more successful might take away from the yeah. pure form that they have in mind. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and this article of, of which I got off IGN is basically just summarizing uh, how From Software's Elden Ring won the Grand Award at the PlayStation Partner Awards 2022 Japan Asia, held earlier today. Uh, this was December 2nd in Tokyo. Damn. Uh, the Grand Award given to two games developed in the Asia region with the highest worldwide sales and Elden Ring took home and Elden Ring took home the honor along with Genshin Impact. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I mean, don't, don't get me started. That's mostly, I mean, the article has some some fascinating, uh, as IGN states here, Elden Ring director Hidetaka Miyazaki participated in a Q&A session with media during PlayStation Partner Awards where he was asked what he thinks is the reason for the game's runaway success. Um, he seems like such a fucking delightfully cute son of a bitch. Like, I can't have just, I would love to have a beer with Miyazaki, I think. <laughs> delightfully cute, no homo. <laughs> no, well, exactly. <laughs> uh, you don't know it yet, but that's a callback to the future. Um, here, yeah, here we go. Honestly, I haven't analyzed it that much, Miyazaki replied. It's true that sales were higher than those of our previous games, but I have no idea what the reason was. So even if I... That's a little... Uh, I'm sure he has some idea what the reason is. Yeah. So even if I wanted to reproduce that success, I wouldn't be able to, he laughed. He said that he intends to continue making games, quote-unquote, the same way as before, without allowing himself to be affected by the success of Elden Ring. Yeah, kind of like this. I try not to think about it too much because I think it would be a bad idea to analyze it deeply and unconsciously try to replicate it in another game. Uh, I'm with him. Makes perfect sense. It does. Another thing that I thought was totally awesome that he said uh, is... Oh, yeah, he, I mean, he goes on to state that he is, however, you know, obviously very happy with the sales that it's brought yeah. and the acclaim it's brought to From Software. Um, I guess it's worth noting that earlier in the week, uh, or rather earlier in the month, sorry... 
I guess that would be the month of uh, late, rather late in the month of November. There was some articles being bandied around about uh, from software workers being upset with their working conditions. I mean, I feel the same way about those articles as I usually do, which is I don't really know that these things are worth exploring that much in the media. Yeah. They're worth exploring, but in the media, it's like I really feel like articles have limited ability to... They're usually just, um, what's the word, sensationalist. Yeah, you know? totally. And they generally don't have a lot of content. I tried to dig into this a little bit. I read some stuff. I don't really feel like there's any clear stuff there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they maybe do have bad work conditions. I just don't feel like we have any idea of what... Yeah, it's, it'd be a little know. specific, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Let me know exactly yeah. what the problem is, and then... Maybe I'm with you. I mean, they talked Chances about, are probably not, but... They know. talked about salaries. Like, I tried to do a little bit of salary analysis. It's complicated because it's like you don't... You can't just translate Japanese yen to, like, USD or CAD. Well, no. Because you also have to, like, translate, you know, the ratio of, like, what goods cost there compared yeah. to what they cost here, right? And totally. I, I tried to do this a little bit. And basically, at the end of that equation, for myself, I was like, I can't see a clear disparity here. Mm-hmm. There maybe is a disparity, but I wouldn't say it's, like, clear. Right. So I kind of just was just like, I don't know what to make of well, this Well, and some workers, right? Some implies not all. And, yeah. Um, yeah. what, the janitors don't like it? Or, like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Be specific, guys. Yeah, or no, I just yeah. don't fucking care. Yeah, and, and another part of my problem is that just, like, you, like we're talking about with other stuff in the media, it's just, it's a very popular topic. Yeah. So anytime there's a popular topic, it's like, okay, well, what's, how much of this is because it's popular, and how much, because... Elden Ring is a big deal, so it's yeah. like, of course, it's going to get clicks to like be like, oh, Elden Ring workers are upset, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's what news is, right? Like, pretty much, yeah. Pretty straight much. up, it's yeah. sensationalist shit. Um, exactly. So all that to say, I don't see anything really interesting in those articles, fair. but that's it's worth noting that that was also in the news recently. Yep. Um, and uh, like, yeah, sorry, I was gonna, I was interrupted myself there, but Miyazaki said that he's happy with the sales and the acclaim Elden Ring has garnered. And there's another quote that I thought was awesome. Uh, Miyazaki was also asked what he thought of the various comments made by players in the wake of the game's success, to which he revealed that he is careful to avoid being overly exposed to player feedback. Uh, (laughs) Well-chosen words. And then here's a quote from the man himself. I can't possibly listen to every single comment from our players. And if I... And if I only take on selected pieces of feedback, it might affect my future decisions as a developer, which I find rather unsettling. <laughs> I know that I personally could not be fully objective, so I try to avoid being directly exposed to too many opinions, my Miyazaki said. And I'm like, wow, that is one of the nicest ways I've heard someone ever be like... I don't give a fuck. I do not give a fuck what you think about what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God, because this man does not need any help making no, stuff. Like, no. <laughs> but I mean that's it's cool to read that because I just I also feel like you know part of our popular media is like so everything has to be so like feedback driven these days yeah. and like we listen to everybody and everyone's in the conversation which is just such a giant load of horseshit. Yeah, no. It's yeah. nice to hear someone just be like, "Yeah, I'm not really here going to sugarcoat it, but I just don't really I'm, care. I'm going to make what I'm going to make." <laughs> yeah. You're going to like it or you're not, but Yeah. I, you know <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of our episode title of what was it shut up and take your remake like a man I think that was too strong I think I toned it down take your remake no just take your remake like a man okay yeah, yeah. That, that's what it ended up being but yeah, it's like take your Elden Ring like a man kind of thing, that's pretty know, sexist right? <laughs> it is it is bigoted yeah, I'm, uh, maybe racist too I don't know it's probably racist too yeah. <laughs> I mean I am white so oh yeah. that's definitely racist I know right Oh, another thing, a final thing he said that I just thought was really cute is he says, on the other hand, Miyazaki said that Elden Ring attracted many players who had never played a From Software game before, which Me? is part of what, yeah. No, good well, point. I mean, I did try out Dark Souls 3 briefly, but yeah. didn't get into it. and um, Didn't get its hooks in you. 
this got its fucking hooks and then some. Yeah, yeah. No, you were, you were. Yeah, that's the real, the real irony with this one is you were hooked way more than I was yeah, at the beginning. Like, right? Yeah, you went fucking nuts, balls deep in that. Yo, shit. dude, I hated <laughs> single player games at that point. Even like yeah. when this game came out, I was already uh, heavily onto the. I don't want to play single player games anymore. Yeah, I'm just not interested. Yeah. and then this fucking thing <laughs> happened, and I did. You know, we played together a few times. Yeah. I had another couple of friends played with them like once or twice, yeah. but I still spent 99 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Solo on this game, and like, it just goes to show you, man. It's like sometimes you just need quality products. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the products just aren't good. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean that's what I chalk it up to is like, yeah, you're reasonable to not like to say you don't like single player games anymore because a lot of single player games are not that good. But even the good ones, like, um, I mean, the story to Red Dead is arguably one of the best stories ever mm. in a video game, mm. right? And um, I didn't play it. Like I played, I don't know, fucking an hour or two, and then just just went online uh, again because I needed to play with people and yeah. um, I don't know man and, and that is again what like I've heard it argued that it is one of the best stories yeah in any game ever yeah. you know like and I don't know it seemed to be that most critics agreed at the time the yeah. acting the like every the voice yeah. acting whatever but um, everything I saw of it from the outside looking in um and I love fucking cowboys too, man. Like, I mean, yeah. geez, uh, it's kind of dude. It's <laughs> right up my alley, but I absolutely just didn't didn't do it, you know. And so, but this one, this did it. Yeah, this hit me hard. I guess you know maybe it's just a testament to Elden Ring's quality. Yep, right? I like to think it's because of that. Yep. You know, it's like it's it's because of the fact that it's such it is such an insanely quality product that it can occasionally draw in people who yeah. otherwise wouldn't be interested. For know? sure. Um, anyways, uh, but yeah, he goes on to say, which reminded him. So yeah, sorry. The the way that the game attracted people who had never played them before, never played from software games before, reminded him of when players discovered Demon Souls for the first time, and he said it was a nostalgic feeling. And I just thought that was really nice. Yeah. You know, because he's he's got a really good point. Like it really has come kind of full circle because Demon Souls, you know, being the game that sort of launched them into the stratosphere of like critical acclaim at least, and then and then cult followings after that, right? Um, like small niche groups of people who were just like constantly singing the praise of how incredible like how these games are you know they like take a shotgun and like blow the lid off like every other western RPG kind of thing you know what I mean yeah, like big time. like it's uh, it's completely unlike anything you've ever played you know like all yeah. western RPGs is bullshit play Demon Souls you know like all this sort of like super elitist stuff because it really was that much better I mean in my opinion it really was that much better than other stuff at the time mm-hmm. or rather it like had the guts to like explore things in a way that was just so shamelessly uncaring about anybody's feelings about it it had personality yeah proper personality yeah. yeah the way the games never gave a fuck if I felt the difficulty was appropriate or not a I'd... true sense of self yeah. yeah it was so refreshing mm-hmm. I was just like you know it, it sort of it takes stuff like that to make you realize uh, some other things that, like to make you rather be able to realize why you don't like a certain other games yeah but never being able to verbalize it before it's just like playing stuff like <sighs> yeah I mean the same reason why I don't like I don't. I mean, I, I don't mean to target Ubisoft, but they <laughs> un, unfortunately are an easy target for this. Like the way that a lot of modern development, uh, I can think of a lot of Ubisoft games off the top of my head. The way they just sort of like, it's like you, when you're playing, you're like the game's playing you, kind of. Okay. Like um, they handhold you to the point where you almost like can't experiment, or like there's such a clear, like you know, illuminated path to like where you're going in some in some things, not in all some, of them. Yeah, I, I'll you know? I'll give you that maybe some for sure, but. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of their games had some real fucking character. Um, like The Division, 
Um, oh, for sure, for sure. I'm not. I'm zero. Honor. I'm zero talking about division. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I mean, these are all yeah. like Black Flag was one of the most like that ship yeah. combat stuff that blew yeah. everybody's mind. Right? Yeah, they no, did for a sure, lot for sure, for of sure. super super original yeah. shit. Um, the Dark Zone idea and, yeah. and Division. Um, but you can see the degradation over time. Well, the thing is, they just keep going. Like so, yeah. Assassin's Creed what seven now or yeah. eight or like seventy two? Yeah. Who the fuck knows? And. They still do really cool things in some of the later ones. I haven't tried Valhalla, but I loved Origins. I loved Syndicate. I loved Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And I loved the original. Yeah. But, like, they, they're they all super different. It's just I feel they went a little long on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, they just... It was just too much of two similar things. And they did completely change the combat system with Origins. Sure. They changed a lot of stuff. But I feel like the original product had serious personality 100% I mean it's like I'm totally with you and what I'm talking about is more like the degradation and what you could say is the corporatization maybe of the games industry over time because it's like my own, so you know, gotta bear in mind my only experience with Ubisoft my only actual experience is like the only games I've really played a lot of is I played a lot of Far Cry 2 which I which was one of the best games I've ever played oh, fuck, I, I Far Cry was uh... I fucking adore I, I adored Far Cry 2 I played the shit out of Far Cry 2 on my Xbox 360 I think hmm. um, Far Cry 2 was mind blowing like mm-hmm. it had like a and it's a game that completely had a sense of self and treated you like a smart, intelligent adult who could figure things out. Right. And I loved that. Like, the game showed you almost nothing. It barely had a HUD. Like, it didn't have a lot of icons. Mm -hmm. Like, the in-game map was, like, your character would, like, look down at a map. Right. And you'd have to angle the camera at it to look. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is in ARC, too. A lot of shit like that. It was, like, really, really neat. Uh, And that was the game that was, like, set in Africa. You, You had malaria. You had to take malaria pills a lot. Like, you had to, like, that was a mechanic of the game, was, like, make sure you stock up on malaria pills because you're going to get, like, waves of nausea in the middle of battles and, like, be able to... And your guns would, like, completely randomly jam. Nice. Like, only the highest quality guns wouldn't jam, and even they would degrade over time. But, like, yeah, as soon as your gun got to a certain point, it would totally just, like, in the middle of a firefight, be, like, click, click, and you just have to be, like, oh, my God, and, like, suddenly run away from all the people shooting you and, like, try to, like, clear the jam, you know, kind of thing. That's cool. It was crazy, you know, and it's like, so my experience with Ubisoft is Far Cry 2, and then I also played Far Cry 3, which was a huge, I didn't play any of the later ones, or was it Far Cry, I played either 3 or 4, we're up to 6 now, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, I played 3 or 4, I think it was 3, um, but just the massive jump in, like, because the popularity of the company, and, like, the success of the company had grown so much between the development of Far Cry 2 and Far Cry 3, and you can just 100% see it in the game. Mm -hmm. You know, like, suddenly Far Cry 3 is, like, way less experimental. It takes way less chances. It treats the the, the player like an intelligent adult way less. It tells you what to do a lot of the time. It puts markers all over your map, like, telling you where to go. Mm -hmm. Far Cry 2 had way less of that. Uh, It has, like, way more, I don't know, exposition. Like, Far Cry 2 had way less of that. It's like... You know, it just, you can see it over time, and I feel like it's the symptoms of just, you know, when you get popular, and you need to sort of, like, you need to become a machine that sort of just... I understand. My argument to that for the Far Cry stuff is, um, well, it's not even an argument, but the one I went the craziest on, and I feel like it had serious personality, was Primal. Yeah, that did sound kind of interesting. You're a fucking yeah. caveman. There are yeah. no guns. Um, yeah. you, you had basically animal animal companions that could fucking you could invade camps with and shit. You had yeah. an owl that you could look with like it sounded pretty the cool. Assassin's Creed style of like eagle eye shit and like 
dude, it was mental. Yeah. And I feel like that that was later too. I think that was yep. after hundred percent four or was it after three? I, yeah, four or five. It was a while ago, but um, <clears throat> I feel like that really did have some. Uh, and again, I, it was a long time ago that I played it, but uh, and it was the only one that I actually put that much time in. Mm-hmm. But fuck, did I enjoy it? And, yeah, well, I mean, the company is not without its... It has the ability to create truly nice things. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think that the ability is getting more and more lost within the sort of corporate structure. Yeah, yeah it's getting diluted. Yeah, it's yeah. like that's, that's really the, like, the only problem they have is they're guilty of being successful. Yeah. That's Which, it. Whatever. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's like, what can you do? You know, it, it always gets like it's that. It's inevitable. If you make something good... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can kind of appreciate, too, how Miyazaki is being like, I don't really even want to think about the fact that it's successful... Because probably some part of him is like sees how other, th- you know, how this inevitably happens to all corporations to become too successful. Probably. You eventually just kind of, it's like you get hamstrung into making the same shit over and over again. Yeah. As a result of your success. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like, it's inevitable, but you know. Was yeah. there a point in all this? I can't, I, I have no, I don't even remember how we got on Ubisoft. Well, it's a fireside chat. It's a fireside <laughs> chat. No, I mean, totally. I, honestly, I don't recall either. I mean, I think we've pretty much beaten uh, Elden Ring into the into the ground. Pretty much. But yeah. um, I mean, I guess to bring it all back to the Coliseum DLC, <laughs> why not? Yeah, no, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. That's it. And I mean, I'm always happy to to. I I really do feel like the previous stuff we'd heard about in the last patch, where they started introducing, they split the uh, balancing into both PvP and PVE. Okay. Remember when I was kind of like, I feel like they're biting off maybe a little bit more than they could chew with that because I'm like, it just sounds like you're inviting trouble, mm. you know? Because as soon as you split things, then you end up, it's like, it's just like twice the development time. Yeah. In yeah, a way. Yeah. I hear you. But now, given the fact there's a Coliseum, it makes more sense. Yeah. Because definitely. I see where their head's at there. It's like, you know, we didn't that know. That was the focus. They did the PvE yeah. shit already. They released it perfectly. Exactly. It was flawless for PvE. And now they're just improving on the PvP card a little bit. 100%. Yeah, we didn't know at that time that they were intending to split off a big PvP zone. (laughs) And honestly, though, would you even want PvE DLC right now? Like, is the game not fucking long enough? (laughs) I I mean, honestly. No, but I want Covenants. Covenants, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's... arguably part of the PvE. See, that's the thing is that you can't separate them in these games because the Covenants had stuff to do with the PvE too sometimes. Right, right. They were inseparable. I'm just saying, like, again, I don't want new bosses. I don't want a new area to explore. I I feel like the game is perfectly big enough. Yeah. And maybe a touch too big, but no, not even. (laughs) I don't think it is. I I think it's... It's really big. The perfect fucking size. (laughs) Yeah. For what it's doing. Yeah. And, um... I wouldn't want a new part of the map. I don't think I do either. Type of boss, yeah. I, yeah. like. I think this. I think they're. I like where they're focusing their energy. Me too. Me too. Uh, and I do. I do still feel like it's not without the realm of possibility that Miyazaki is working on a covenant system or has ideas for some sort of multiplayer thing beyond just a simple arena. Mm-hmm. I think that's completely not without the realm of possibilities. So. Right. That would be a kind of DLC that I'd be very happy to get. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's strictly additive, and it doesn't. It's like all. It falls into the wonderful category of things that you can just ignore if you don't want to interface with them. Yeah. But you may be able to get way more enjoyment out of. Yeah. Because I remember those covenants, it was just like, the cool thing about, in, I mean, 
my favorite part of Dark Souls still is in the forest of whatever it's called, forest of something, the big forest you go to. Everybody knows it if you played it. And the Covenant, whose job it was to protect the forest, it was cool because you knew as a player, if I ever wander into the forest in human form, because you can only be invaded in human form, mm. you just know you're in for a PvP battle. Right, right. So it was just like, whenever you want to have fun with that, you'd just be like, I'll just quaff a, I'll pop a humanity pill, whatever it was called. I think it was actually called humanity. <laughs> you consume a humanity item. Nice. <laughs> become human and then just walk into the forest and you're good to go. <laughs> cool. So that's the kind of DLC I could be down with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if no, they were going to do some. You know. Yeah. But uh, but I don't need more of a, more bosses, more no. area to explore. Like, no. I'm good. I really no. am. Um, the story is perfect. Yeah. Um, there's plenty to do. And again, I, I feel like it's really designed to play through it multiple times. Mm. I really don't think... For that, sure. Like... Yeah. I'm having a lot more fun the second time, I think. Well, did you... Did you? I didn't technically finish it. Okay. No, I just got, like, 90% through. Yeah. Okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I stopped at Millennia, and I didn't want to beat Crumbling, Crumbling Pharaoh Missoula boss because I knew that it would stop me from doing multiplayer. Right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so since I, since I needed the multiplayer spigot left on, mm-hmm, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. just like, well, there's nothing more I can do here. Fair enough. I'm yep. cock-blocked by Millennia. I don't want to beat Pharaoh Missoula. That's well, it. Well, I yeah. mean, Millennia is, uh, like, optional, right? People beat the game that never even touched Millennium. Is anything really optional? In that a, whole part but of if the you're map a FromSoft is, fan. But that whole part of the map is. It's know. not optional, Deke. You have to beat every boss. I mean, yes, technically there's optional oh, bosses no, in every Dark Souls game. you're definitely not beating every boss. There's no fucking Well, way. I have in all the other games. You certainly <laughs> aren't in this. There's no fucking way that you're going to beat every boss in this game. What are the hard ones in that? Well, there's ones that are time sensitive, right? That only appear at night. There's ones that are yeah, only here true. for yeah, this, that. Like, there's no fucking way that you can beat every boss in the game. Well, every boss that I know about. It, right. But I mean, like, certain parts of the map, well, oh shit, at nighttime a boss appears here. Uh, over here, this happens. If you do this first, then there's a boss here. If you don't accept this, then the boss isn't. Like That totally happened to me the other night. I was, I was wandering around, and I think... Was it Lyurnia? Is some area that I... Oh, it was an area of Altus Plateau, because I'm way over-leveled for Altus Plateau now, right. but I never really did it properly, so I've been wandering around and just... i got to be honest, too. I think Altus Plateau is maybe my favorite area of the game to hmm. just wander around in. Okay. It's so beautiful. With like It's it's like gorgeous sunlight nice, and like the yeah. trees everywhere and stuff. It just fall. looks... Fall. It, it looks like fall. Yeah, yeah. It feels <laughs> like fall, yeah. And yeah, no, I totally... I rested at a, at a bonfire. Oh, no! It was the Church of Absolution? The one with the the, the frog, I mean, not oh, frog. the turtle. Yeah, the turtle priest, <laughs> mm. which, uh, what did Matt, my friend Matt called it? He's like, everybody calls it this. Is the, the turtle pope? Turtle pope, yeah. I think it's yeah, turtle yeah. pope. Totally. <laughs> yeah. totally and I was like, before. that's genius. And then Matt's like, everybody calls it the turtle pope. Have you not heard that before? And I'm like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> I actually have, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I went to the turtle pope place to buy spells, and it happened to be nighttime. And I rested at the campfire and woke up, and there was one of those crazy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what are they uh, called? Bearing. Blood-drenched? No, no. Ball-bearing? The, uh, the something-bearing... Ball-bearing... Yeah, it's like blood-soaked ball-bearing guy or something. I can't... Oh, I'm mixing a lot of Elden Ring metaphors, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it had something to do with bearing. Bell-bearing hunter? Maybe. Yeah, maybe bell-bearing hunter. Sounds about right. But it's like you fight like four of them, right? Oh, like, there's like, a lot. I yeah, think there's more than yeah. that. Anyways, I had no idea there was one in that church. Right. And I completely just, it was an accident that I rested there at night, and I was like, holy shit. But that's everywhere. Yeah. Like, right? Like, there's it's a, fucking awesome. The, the, fuck, what are they called? The, the, the Knight's Cavalry? Yeah, the Knight's Cavalry yeah. guys. There's like the two of them at one point in the snow. 
I haven't. I'm not, I'm not at the consecrated snowfield yet. But it's nighttime though. Like it's, yeah, and like yeah. I went through. I had no idea. And then on my next playthrough, <laughs> I was like, oh wait, there's there's fucking two guys here. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. Amazing. The crow dudes. <laughs> you know the big weird crow. Yeah. In Caleb, there's multiple of them. Um, Wait, oh, you're talking about the um, yeah, yeah? No, I just found one of those that I never knew was there too. Uh, night, nightwing something. Yeah, something like death that. birds. Death right? bird. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Is there's so many fucking bosses it's and wild. like areas where like they're invaders, but like NPC invaders. Yeah. But same thing, right? Yeah. Like eh, I don't know. I don't think it's possible to kill every boss in that game. <laughs> Honestly, it, you naturally? mean if you're not like spoiling yourself with like well, FAQs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. Like naturally, you, yeah. Naturally, naturally. Yeah. Um, you're maybe I mean, right. Yeah. I think if you like, you know, look up a list and whatever, and then, then yeah, of course you can. But playing it naturally, I really don't see it being a possibility. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's just that big. It, it's meant to be done multiple times. I yeah. think. And like. Yeah. And it really, it's beautiful because it gives you the sense of discovery over time. Mm-hmm. It's like, that, that's the beauty of the of his games, I really think, is that like you can come back to them. and Because they're kind of almost designed to be... That's the whole thing with the internal messaging system, how players can message other players and write, like, you know, hidden door here, hidden door mm-hmm. here, beware of dog, whatever. Yeah, jump here. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, that's the whole thing, is that like, they're almost meant to be done without the internet. And yeah. you, you're supposed to discover things over a really long period of time, mm-hmm. so that you have this like really slowly doled out series of secrets that you just keep unraveling and unraveling and unraveling, and like yeah. it's just it's really elegant. I don't know. I mean, no, I dig it. But um, great shit. Yeah. Um, no. Should we take a little break? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Dun, 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 dun. Well, this is a hell of a fireside chat. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. It's it's chatty. Chatty Catties. <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be Chatty Catties? <laughs> Chatty Catties. Oh, jeez. So, uh, we're back. Took a little break. Mm-hmm. Good cigarette. It was a good cigarette. A little cold out to be enjoying some... Like, I don't know. It's different. Yeah. I don't like smoking outside when it's cold. It, uh, I, I hear find you. It's, I, I hear just, you. I rush it. And I'm like, I don't enjoy it. You know? I hear you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if I could smoke inside and somehow not get the smoke at the same time, mm. I'd love to. You know what I mean? Like, it, It's nice to have a smoking room. Yeah. You know, with proper ventilation. Yeah. You close the door. It's not the rest of the house. Um, yeah. Like, I did that at uh, one of my places. I had, like, a man cave. And um, it, it was totally phenomenal. Works. And I had, like, a mini balcony and shit on... Um, uh, it was on to carry, but it wasn't. Uh, what the hell was the name of the street? Uh, it was down south of Sherbrooke. Um, oh no, south of. Uh, it's right next to where the mega hospital is built. Okay. It's a fucking dodgy little fucking nut. It was a <laughs> slumlord building, whatever. But I had a man cave, and it had a little door and a balcony. Yeah. And like, I'd smoke in there and fucking just open the door. Vented out. It was amazing. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I don't miss like sitting down in a comfortable chair with like a drink and a cigarette sometimes. You know, Dude, I mean? in, in an indoor indoor environment, it's really nice. Yeah. You know, it's like if I could, yeah, if I could just have that without the smoke. Well, it's it's after. You know, it's like I, yeah. I don't want to hang out in an after. You know, exactly, um, exactly. But yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll when we have a beer after, we'll have a smoke. <laughs> all right, all right, hundred um, percent. So I mean, yeah, what do we? What do you want to talk about here? I mean, we got to, you know, we we've been going a while. I we, think we, we certainly g- could chat a bit more. I think we need to go on to uh, 
those those tweets. You want to move on to the offensive tweets? I think we need to read out those tweets. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, we, should, we okay. should preface it first, we right? Sh- yeah, we should give the audience a little bit of context. Yes. So there's a few things I thought I wrote down here that I thought could be fun to discuss, and one of them was let me find this article. So we're we're primarily only going to be using the Kotaku article because the Kotaku article has the most what's the word. Um, interesting spin on this other than just because you know the other articles are mostly just delivering facts mm-hmm. right Kotaku is the only one that actually sort of has a spin that I've seen and what I thought was really interesting about this was I heard about this from it's also just like I said earlier it's a fantastic springboard to for once in our lives talk about Marvel's Avengers video game right which is something that fucking never comes up ever mm-hmm. probably with good reason <laughs> but I'm not interested I I'll save it for later. I, I'm a little bit more interested than I used to be, but Fair enough, to I begin mean, with, I was completely no like. But I mean, you have reason, right? Your brother and barely and the game, the card game. Yeah, I mean, there's two reasons. Yeah, mostly to like the casual multiplayer shit with my brother. Yeah, it really looks like it would satisfy because it's like, you know, the I mean, we're 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 already going off 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 uh, off the rails here, but uh, in the skill up. I think it's an I do not recommend Marvel Marvel's Avengers. I do not recommend the second half. Was that it? Or? No, that I found it. That's Marvel's Midnight Suns. Right. This is why I was getting confused. Is because sure. Midnight Suns also came out, and sounds like it got decent reviews. And I want to check that out. So I want to read Skillop's breakdown. Right. But yeah, that's the I I do not recommend the second half of Marvel's right. Midnight, right. which is hilarious because I've never seen him use one of those titles before. Phenomenal title. Amazing, amazing. But I think his original was a probably I don't recommend Marvel's Avengers. But he does a crazy in-depth breakdown of why. Yeah, that's and, good. And he has a lot of really good stuff to say about the game, despite also it, he, him feeling like it's a steaming pile in a lot of ways. Right. Mostly just a huge missed opportunity in terms of, like, what could have been. Mm-hmm. It's like you can see the shell of what could have been amazing in so many places that it almost makes it even sadder that, like, they just weren't able to make this come together, you know? Yeah. I hear that. But yeah, I mean, I guess my appeal for Marvel's Avengers is both in terms of because of my, I, I really like the card game and it's like, it's helped to put me in touch with, because I mean, I have conversations with my buddy Mike now about actual comics sometimes and like, because he knows so much about comic book characters that I'm always, my brother too, actually, you know, the other the other day I was on the phone with him and I was like, I essentially had a Seinfeldy kind of like, so what's the deal with Vision moment, basically, <laughs> you know what I mean? And And Jake was like... Well, let me tell you. <laughs> and he basically gave me a massive breakdown of like Vision's entire trajectory through the MCU. Hmm. And I'm like, that's actually pretty interesting. Like, no one's ever told me about this before. I had no idea where he came from. Good info. Kind of an interesting origin story. I could see why people think he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess you know, the the card game putting me in touch with like a bit of things that are exciting about Marvel kind of like sparked my interest a little bit. Um, but um, God, we got so off topic so fast. Well, we were on Marvel Avengers. We were on Marvel Avengers, so you're right. the whole thing was, again, the, it's about the spokesperson, right? Yeah, um, yeah. This Kotaku article, which I was put onto by Colin's um, Sacred Symbols podcast, mm-hmm. Colin Moriarty's Sacred Symbols podcast, because he brought, I mean, he read this out. I saw this news originally on IGN, and I was like, whatever. It's another spokesperson, people getting butthurt about something he said a long time ago, he or she said a long time ago, everyone's up in arms, nobody cares about it two days later, it's gone. Yeah. You know, like, I completely dismissed it as another one of those things. And on Colin's show, he's like, there was this really interesting Kotaku article where the guy says completely what you would not expect Kotaku to say. And I was just really fascinated by this. So yeah, like you said, Teague, Kotaku article here with the headline, Marvel's Avengers spokesperson removed after offensive tweets unearthed. Subheading, grim words from Crystal Crystal Dynamics game design lead Brian Wagoner have emerged, leading to corporate apologies. 
corporate apologies. Corporate oh. apologies. Boy, well, it's know, apologies they... are all around, but especially corporate apologies. Well, you know they mean it when it comes from a corporation, because <laughs> you know corporations have serious feelings and um, and oh my God. actual belief systems. And, uh, yeah, corporations are people just like you. Yeah. <laughs> so here I'll read a couple little snippets from this article. Here's the the introduction. This is written by John Walker, uh, November 22nd, 2022. It's a tale as old as Twitter itself. Person says stupid offensive stuff in the past. Person comes to prominence. Old tweets get dug up. Person apologizes. The internet holds court. The whole performance is just taking place once again, this time featuring Crystal Dynamics spokesperson and game design lead on Marvel's Avengers, Brian Wagner. As Rock Paper Shotgun reports, over the weekend, a bunch of old tweets by Wagner were unearthed, which today led to his apologizing, and Crystal Dynamics following up to say how disappointed they are and that they're taking away Wagner's spokesperson status. Now, all involved, having followed the prescribed script, are presumably hoping it'll go away. And this is uh, just a really well-written article that's basically a dissection of what John Walker thinks is, I guess, wrong with uh, the current phenomenon of, you know... This whole thing of like discovering someone's cancel tweets culture. from along, yeah, this whole cancel culture thing, yeah. right? It's it's his commentary on that. I'll read a couple of the snippets from the article, and then we can we can go on. As so often appears to be the case, Wagner reports he's since had a complete change of personality. These historical messages from the distant annals of six years ago are now moot, given his reformed ways. Over the weekend, he explained in a statement of his ongoing Twitter account, old tweets I wrote from before my time at Crystal resurfaced. This is another thing that's hilarious, is that the tweets are also before his time even at this company. Right? Which right. is fucking awesome. Old tweets I wrote from before my time at Crystal resurfaced, and I apologize and take full accountability for the hurt they caused my followers, the community, and those I work with. The boilerplate apology text continues. Since that time, I have learned and grown, and the content I posted does not reflect who I am today. For those unconvinced, he adds, I understand if you cannot accept my apology because of the pain I have caused, I will continue to listen, learn, and work to improve myself. So, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> what you other fucking tasty tool. nuggets can I... Crystal Dynamics followed up, stating... So this is the company itself now. It's incredibly disappointing to see language and views from employees that don't align with our studio values. We studio apologize. Values. <laughs> studio values. We apologize to our community and coworkers who are rightfully upset by the content. Rightfully. Rightfully is an interesting judgment call there. Brian will no longer be a studio spokesperson or communicating about studio projects. Wait, they're not killing him? <laughs> uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, he needs to go to jail and be uh, executed. What's the gentleman's name again? Walker continues, Look, you don't need my opinion about any of this because you already have your own. And honestly, this feels like a story we've written th 300 times before just with a different bloke's name at the start. But heck, I still have opinions. Where is... Yeah, what I hate about all this, every aspect of it, is that none of it's truthful. On any side. These scripted apologies are designed to save face, to cover all bases, and to quote-unquote draw a line under it without ever actually saying sorry to anyone for anything. It's empty, performative, only fooling those entrenched in the corporate thinking that writes them. I'm going to skip ahead to the end of the article here and just read the conclusion. So he goes on to just sort of explain how all this stuff is performative and how it's all meaningless, it's very dishonest... The conclusion, yeah, and then towards the end he says, and no one anywhere just says, I'm sorry, quote-unquote. It is always with caveats and justifications and almost always the word apologize to. An action rather than a feeling, a semiotic difference that externalizes the procedure rather than speaks from the heart. It's wordy, but it's kotaku. It seems it really is the hardest word. Oh, and then let's not forget us, the brain gallery. He hasn't been fired. We have no damned clue if he deserves to be fired or if he's a champion for good these days. But more importantly, let's stop pretending we care if this person you've never heard of before today, who said some things a decade ago you didn't notice, gets to keep his job. This is the really the, the nice part here. What people want is for offensiveness to go away, 
And the idea that an ignorant public claiming this guy's head will somehow achieve this is damned idiotic. If he's a dick to work with, then Crystal should fire him. But let's all be honest, too, and stop acting like we know what's best in every goddamn situation. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Um, I thought this was a great article. Now, I mostly like it just because I'm really frustrated with the constant... It helped me to um, put into words why I'm so frustrated with... Because, you know, it often comes up topics for the show. I see, you know, so-and-so being brought up for so-and-so. Or, like, mm-hmm. someone butthurt about this. And there are always things that I contemplate adding. Sometimes I add them. Sometimes we talk about them. Mostly we don't. And it just sort of was a really nice uh, putting into words of, I think, why I don't feel this stuff is news. <laughs> yeah. It sort of, like, helped me to feel more comfortable with my choices there. I don't think anything on Twitter deserves to be spoken about anywhere other than Twitter. Um, personally. I don't. I mean, I, I mean, see. Business, I see where you're coming if from. If a company says something on Twitter, sure, okay. But an sure. individual person, like, no. I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about what people say on Twitter, I, I don't as long as you just treat it as what it is. I don't think it belongs in the news. I don't think there should be any, you know, CTV, MSNBC article about fucking something someone said on Twitter. Well, if it was portrayed in the sense of, like, look at this ridiculous bullshit this guy said on Twitter. If it was, like, portrayed in the sort of, like, the right kind of, like, tone, I feel like maybe it could be fun as, like, clickbait. I don't know. But I... the thing is, these articles are misleading with, like, they pre- they try and pretend, like, this stuff really matters when, like, I kind of Dude, agree with... Yeah, I kind of agree with the gentleman sentiment oh, here, how it's, like, it's just all a performance. Yeah. Well, it's all a performance, and it's a why are we signal. even talking about it? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, Should we read the tweets? Yeah, we definitely need to read the tweets. Because, I mean, they're super offensive. And um, bigoted and racist and whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I I sort of, I glossed over that part of the article. But I can read from real quick the IGN article. Now, I mean, kudos to IGN. Uh, As usual, they try to be more factual than anything. Mm. Uh, They don't try to put much of a spin on much. There is a little bit of, like, they insinuate some things here. But they mostly are at least trying to just tell you what happened, which I, I always appreciate it. Um, but yeah, IGN says, yeah, the tw- the queet, tweet, queets? <laughs> queets? Queets? Um, <laughs> the pussy fart. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit of a pussy fart. It is a pussy fart. Uh, the tweets included jokes based on racist stereotypes. So I'm quoting from IGN now. This is what IGN's calling them racist stereotypes. Far right-wing talking points such as former U.S. President Barack Obama's citizenship, insults aimed at people with disabilities, and more. And the end more is extremely vague and broad with no explanation of what more would be, nor right. have we seen it in this case. But, so that's what they said, um, and I was, uh, you know, my gut reaction was just like, I guess this my guy, guy probably said some really controversial stuff. I don't know. It's horrible shit. And awesome. then, of course, on, on my research on the way over on the bus, I wasn't able to really... I don't have internet, so I'm just reading shit. And, like, Teague was, like, telling me about the actual tweets. Well, I just, this is all I found. There might be some really horrible shit elsewhere. I mean, there might be. There might be. I mean, I don't know. But all <laughs> I was able to find was this handful. I'll just, I'll just do the first one. I'll let you do the, Please. the next. Okay, so I'm not a woman hater, misogynist, or bigot. But I really don't like the idea of a female Thor. I love strong woman characters, but not this. Now, I think that is just wildly racist. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I think he needs to be crucified for this. And um, holy fuck. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> while I wouldn't state it like that, it is a little bit hard to see this as cause the things they, they, they cite here as racist stereotypes, far right wing talking points and insults aimed at people with disabilities. So in 
compared to those remarks, it's a little this bit difficult to. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I think. I guess this is the etc. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I mean, you know, this subject. I mean, I guess you know we can just dissect these to the to, to our wits end, uh, which is pointless but amusing. Um, but it's like, I mean, this this speaks to something that I feel too, which is like. Dude, I had, a, I mean, I had a conversation with my girlfriend recently that was a little uncomfortable for me when, and I got to be honest, I think she was kind of way out of line in this particular te- in this particular time. She's often not, but in this particular time, I, I feel like it was not uh, on point. Yeah, we were watching the new Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, we were watching Sandman, and I was really stoked because I knew that Constantine is supposed to be in Sandman, and I, I read a lot of Constantine. I really liked him, and yeah, they introduced Constantine as a chick. Uh, so it's a chick now, and at first I was a little surprised because I'm like, well, Constantine in the comics is male, uh, so you know, uh, I don't think it's That's weird to be surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. He has never been a female in the comics before, to my knowledge. Could it be the next Constantine, like his daughter, perhaps? Well, that's what I, I mean. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Oh, cool! It's probably like a relative or something." And like after a while, I'm like, "Okay, no, it's just it's the regular." <laughs> oh, okay. So they just swapped. <laughs> they just yeah, they just straight straight swapped swapped him her. You know, now I'm supposed to, but whatever. But how do you know that the character that they put in now doesn't identify as a male? <laughs> that's I mean, a really, really good point, it's it's just I mean, how bigoted are you that you don't see? How dare I assume that that vagina is not a male? vagina <laughs> and that the lack of penis does not mean that that is not a male um all extremely valid points i don't know um but jokes aside so yeah i saw this and i was like at least willing to see where it would go and it turns out that you know the sandman had some really cool ideas like the show had some really interesting ideas uh, and it kind of completely falls apart after episode i think it was it was either the it was maybe halfway through episode two when suddenly there's like I mean, in fairness, though, it really, like, it, it had, it was tonally, like, pretty serious in the first one. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting. And then in the second one, they introduce a talking raven that's played by, I think, Patton Oswalt, Oswalt I want to oh say. Oh, my God. And You're it fucking was, kidding me. No, I'm, I, wish I, I wish I was. I'm pretty sure it's Patton. I mean, no. I, I need to double check, but maybe I'm crazy, but I think it was, yeah, I'm going to look it up. Yo, dude, we need to. <laughs> if they have a talking raven voiced by Patton Oswalt. Sandman, uh, Patton, Oz, I'm for sure right. I'm good with voices. Yeah, yeah, he plays a fucking raven. He plays, he plays a plucky comic relief raven that talks in a show that was completely serious up until this point in time. Hmm. It was super fucked. Like, it was just totally weird. Yeah. It didn't, like, it didn't... matter who did the voice, right? Oh, yeah, no, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Patton Oswalt as an actor. I mean, oh, there's like... Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a separate issue. But I've liked him in stuff, you know? Like, I feel like he... King of Queens, he was decent. I don't even remember that. I remember him in Lady Dynamite in Netflix... I don't know if I've ever even watched the stand-up, but... Oh, don't. But, um... Uh, uh, the King of Queens, he's like his friend or something like sure. that. And he's a fucking weirdo, and he's good at playing a little fucking weirdo. Yeah, um, yeah. He's great at it, actually. He's not necessarily a bad actor. It's no, just, not at it's all. It's just that it's a talking raven that's... Problematic. That's, like... It's clearly plucky, plucky comic relief mm-hmm. in a, something that was like completely serious before then. It was just really weird, and it completely jumped the shark. Like it, it held it together for one episode, like, the pilot, I guess, and then it just totally went off the rails. But the introduction of Constantine was a little bit before it went off the rails, and I was pretty into it otherwise. And at one point in time, I was talking to my girlfriend, and I was like, "This Constantine is just not. I mean, albeit separate from what they did in the show." Yes, I do not like the idea of a female Constantine because I just read a comic book where it's a male. And I got to learn a male character, and in my head, the Constantine that I know and have read is male. Yeah. And that's it. 
You know, it's it's really nothing more complicated than that, right? No. Um, no, but I, I think it actually is more, you know, it's deeper. I think you're, you know, inside a misogynist and you just hate women. <laughs> and um, I think your head needs to roll. I mean, that's the thing is that, like, that particular evening, I was like, I don't. I really, I think this Constantine is a piece of shit. Like, she, I mean, she was written with like incredibly bad dialogue. Like, it was like some of the worst script writing I've ever seen. She was again, like, it was another example of like her. She was tonally off. Mm. Like the, cause the Sandman was like serious, and then she was being a little like for spoken chick. Mm. You know, a little like I'm so, I'm so. What's the word? Not coy. I've got power. Witty. Uh, she was being like I'm so witty you know like oh witty dialogue and like the show is not about that otherwise you know so I'm like okay this character suddenly is like witty and like nobody else is witty it's a little weird and after the episode I'm like that fucking that Constantine added nothing it was horrible I mean yeah I'm not particularly into the idea of her being a chick but I was trying to be open and I'm like I feel like if it was written well enough I probably wouldn't mind too much Mm -hmm. like I'm not that close minded it's more like I see Constantine and I'm like oh Constantine is male because I've seen the comic, because the comic books, it's a male. So it's like, that's just my knee-jerk reaction, because that is what that character was before that point in time. Yeah. Which completely makes sense. But I was still, like, open to, like, if it's good, like, I mean, I'll buy anything if it's good, pretty much, you know what I mean? Like, sure. I can deal with, like, if the script writing is good, the acting's good, yeah. like, it can fit, you know what I mean? Like, For sure. You know, having a new spin on a character can fit, but, any, but at the end, I was just like, that was fucking terrible. Well, at a certain point, it gets cheesy, right? When it just happens over and over in everything, they just swap, 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 and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm just tired of this. Now. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, well, the issue is that, like, my objection was, like, Constantine is bad. Mm-hmm. And I immediately got, um, my, my girlfriend immediately said, like, oh, you just don't like that she's a chick. And I'm like, did you listen to anything? I, I mean, it's like, I don't, I, I mean, it was just, it was a really insulting accusation for me because. It wasn't I, the problem alone. Well, I that's had. not why you disliked them. It not was, at all. You just disliked <clears throat> them and they happen to be a girl and that's what. I mean, you the didn't... funny thing is that I had prefaced all that by being like, she has terrible writing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like she said that, and I'm like, I had a double take, and I was like, well, no, I dislike her because she's fucking terribly written. She, the actor is, like, pretty dog shit, and, like, it doesn't fit with anything else in the show. Mm-hmm. And it really, like, I mean, yes, my preconceived notion of non Constantine is a guy, which makes sense, because in the, in the comic he's a guy, but... It's totally separate from like what yeah. I think it should be. If the know? character was well written and a good actor, you wouldn't care that it's male or female. I'm not close to the idea of changing things. No, you know, it's like if it works, it works. Yeah, you know. But the problem is, if it doesn't work, it's I mean, cheesy. Exactly. Anyways, so all that to say, I mean, yeah, I think I think people are allowed to think that a character should be a specific gender. Well, like if a character exists in media as a gender. And you th- like, for example, I I felt like what he's trying to say by that is just like, I like male Thor. Yeah. And there's two Thors. One's a chick. One's a dude. And that's totally fine. Like they both exist in the comics. It's not like female Thor replaced male Thor. She's just a different character. Right. And I think there's nothing wrong with like preferring one character. It's like I can prefer Spider Man to Iron Man. No. <laughs> no. Like I'm allowed. You no. know what I mean? No. Like no. No. Anyways, You're not allowed. so this is number one of the offensive tweets. <laughs> should we move on to number two of the offensive we, we tweets? Should. We should. <laughs> number two. I promise we'll bring it back to Marvel's Avengers at some point in time. Yeah, well, this one actually is just... Um, it's days like today where I'm reminded how my Twitter feed is full of leftist bigots trying to make straw man arguments about right-wingers. So it's political. Political. 
But I don't see how that's anything at all. I Offensive mean, at all. Um, contained within the tweet is the fact that the leftists in question that he didn't like were bigots. Well, the, but so. the, the, this article <laughs> talks about right-wing talking points yeah. and bigoted yeah. whatever. So they're saying the exact yeah, same the right thing wing that talking he said points. right here. Yeah. Just the opposite. And yeah. they're saying it in the article as if it's an okay thing to say. Yeah. And he's saying, well, he's just making an observation. Pretty much, basically. Yeah. Um I, I don't know what he's referring to. It's really funny, man. But yeah. anyways, it it's fucking a nothing. I mean, let's let's read the racist tweet. Let's, let's yeah, okay, because the there is a racist one, for sure. <laughs> I think there's a few, but I'm, I'm thinking about the Mr. Obama. Oh, the Obama. Okay. I feel like that's the racist one. I mean, I the don't... TV one is definitely. Oh, that's the racist one. No, you're that's right. the racist one. Um, yeah, no. I feel like we're gonna get ourselves in trouble with this. Yeah, well, this I'm is this is reply. This is a reply to somebody though. This okay. isn't a tweet of its own. This is a it's reply to somebody else. I don't know what the original tweet was. Neither do I. I'm guessing he was being called a racist. I'm guessing. I don't know. Because his reply is, "I'm not racist. I own a colored TV." <laughs> okay, that one's just the joke, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the joke. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, come on. That's... I actually feel like that could have been just a funny joke with no reply, but I mean, you say it's clearly a that reply. That was a reply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was replying to uh, that road guy. I think. So, I mean, we guess that's the racist comment? Uh, well, Either that's that or one of them. The Obama one definitely is. Uh... But I mean, can we just say for a second about the racist one, the color TV? It's a joke, obviously. It's a joke. And it's a funny joke. And... It is a funny joke. It's not really... He clearly doesn't mean it, well, right? And, I mean, and it's again, like... Who's it racist to? Yeah. What race? I don't... I mean, I guess the idea is it's racist towards black people because he's whoa, whoa, using whoa. the word colored. Whoa. I suppose that's the... Well, well, if I I'm mean, gonna, if I'm gonna, I guess that's the angle they're taking there on There are multiple colored people, right? Like, it's not two. There's not black and white. There's yellow and brown and, you know, whatever. Sure, yeah. So... But a, doesn't colored mean black usually? Is that not the stereotypical? Well, a person of color is the pro- POC is proper, right. but that's I don't think that's just for. Is that um, all encompassing these days? I, I do believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think it counts for Asians, though. Honestly. Well, when we say colored one word, uh, I was colored is age. colored is a big no no. I mean that's for sure. A colored that's person old school was, was old school racism, that, but yeah, new yeah. school uh, PC mm-hmm. is a person of color. Right. Um, but, but that that is politically correct. Yeah. And that isn't offensive to anybody. Right. But a colored person is. Right. Um, so, yeah. I, I guess if you want to go down there, sure. But listen, I mean, it's like, so they're saying he's racist, or rather these articles are saying he's racist, when really all we see from the outside is, it's like, and let's get this straight here, we're not trying to say this guy isn't racist, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, he maybe is. I have no idea. He could right? very well be, but these tweets don't demonstrate that. The point is just that when you say something in articles that's like really clearly, oh, this guy has racist tweets, it's like... I feel like that's a little strong for like maybe tweets that are just jokes. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, but this is a, again, it's a reply like, to what I'm assuming is someone calling him a racist. I was expecting some really heinous shit Me too. when I when I examined these tweets, and I was really surprised to be like, actually, in some cases, having to wonder which of the three things that they outlined is this tweet. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, why? Who? Who's offended by this? Yeah. Uh, the other one is. Um... I mean, it's like I want to be clear. You know, I'm not trying to defend this guy. I just oh, I am. Fine, uh, but it's like I'm not trying to say he's either racist or not racist. I just feel like when you say tweets are very racist in a in, a, in an article, I, I I I think it's reasonable to assume that they should be easily seen to be racist. I, I expect you know an I mean? bomb. I I don't know. I wasn't expecting anything. I just wasn't expecting this. Mm-hmm. I guess is, is what I'm. 
Here's one, I'm also getting super tired of being called racist whenever the subject of border security comes up as a default label. I mean, are people not allowed to discuss border security at all? Like, does discussing border security automatically make you racist? Apparently. I don't understand. A- apparently it does. Um, he says a lot of no homo stuff. Yeah. I love you, no homo. Well, let's not be silly. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's another one, at Dustman527, be there or be homo. 830, be there or be homo. <laughs> I mean, listen, I can understand how some people might not like the term homo, but at the same time, you got to take these also in the... Co- it's like, I'm not saying what he's saying is either okay or not okay, but what is worth noting is that this is the context of 20... Is it 2011? 3 November 2011. Yeah, this is the context of 2011. The world is a different place, man. A lot of people were saying no homo. Yeah, right. Definitely. Like, this is the fucking world of 2011. We're in 2022 now. And I would... You can't, like, call, you can't bring this shit now and be like... Oh, this guy's the worst for using the similar language to everybody else in that time. That was really funny. That was, yeah. But I mean, like, <clears throat> I I know gay people that say that. Um, and, okay, maybe they're allowed because they're gay, but I'm sorry, no. <laughs> like, that's not how it works to me. I hear you. But even if, it, even if we were to imagine that it was offensive, it's like, it's you've got to bear in mind that it's the world it's of 2011. Joke. And it's a joke. I mean, yes, but it's like... if. If we presume to be on the on the defense of all the people who are saying he's racist, homophobic, whatever, mm-hmm. it's like if we assume it's homophobic, you still have to take it in the context of 2011. That's the issue here, right? Is that it's like you're talking about a world where a lot of fucking people were saying no homo. It was a really accepted joke at the time. Yeah, you know, like that doesn't mean it's just kind of not an indication that he's homophobic or not. It's just an indication he's using language that existed at the time. Pop culture. We can't infer too the much. Current, you know? The current whatever. But that's always... Things change. But that's been the case with all cancel culture is they constantly cancel people from the past because of bad shit that they did not looking at the good shit that they did. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, back, uh, you know, I don't know who, what statue they tore down last time. But, sure. um Oh, because, you know... Who can uh, remember? Racism, right? Yeah. But it's like, okay, um, so <clears throat> maybe it was 200 years ago and the person had uh, slaves. Yeah. Like, do you think that black people didn't have slaves? Um, because they did. Um, where do you think they came from? Hmm. Uh, they were sold by Africans. Yeah. In Africa. Yeah. Where they were already enslaved. Yeah. But it wasn't bad when, the, when, when it was done there. And uh, again, every culture has been slaves at some point. For sure, for sure. I mean, to me, the real sad thing with all this cancel culture shit is that actual real racism exists. What I was trying exists. to say is the norm back in the day right. was this, and it was accepted universally, and now we hold these people to today's standards. Yeah, And that's the problem, right? Yeah. Is that You're applying a logic of a different time. Hundreds of years sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. I, it's just it, you're gonna always find problems with for sure, that. and for sure. I, I don't know. I just I find mean, it a little ridiculous. It's infuriating, and I mean, my my whole thing with cancel culture is that it's like, also, you know, real racism is a pro- is a fucking problem, right? Like, real racism exists, and shit like this obfuscates us from focusing on the actual racism that's yeah. existing because because there is real racism for sure. But guys, like we can. You know, it's like all this like media sensationalism. It's just a distraction. I've heard uh, a good uh, a good quote is uh, I think it's Thomas Sowell or something. And uh, the demand for racism outweighs the supply. <laughs> there isn't enough mm. racism out there to meet the demand for it now. Well, perhaps, yeah. And yeah. it's just everything is 
Yeah. And, well... Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. The one about Obama was... Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's true. Hold on a second. Uh, I was uh, I, I was expecting to get something super racist for that, too, but I, again, wasn't really seeing it. Fuck, I'm having a hard time finding this. Okay, this is also... Um, I don't know if this is a reply or if this is... This looks like it's targeted to... It's yeah. uh, su- it, suicidal yeah. zebra. It I, looks like he's responding to someone, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I know this is a crazy idea to the left, but there are some who do slash did have questions about his citizenship and aren't racist. Yeah. And, of course, they're talking about President Obama. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, it was in... The news. Yeah. It, it was a topic. I mean, it he, was, it, there were questions about his citizenship. Yeah. W- whether from people or not. Like, whether well, from, whether like, it was from Twitter users or not. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I mean... Uh, again, it was a question. There are questions about all kinds of things. And, again, what he's saying is... It's just, weird, man. Yeah. It doesn't seem... Like, it, this is a yeah. response to somebody. Yeah. So, I really would like to see the original... What he's replying to or whatever. But, yeah, I'm, I'm for sure, for sure. But just off the rip, this doesn't strike me as blatantly racist yeah I was really I, I gotta be honest I was really shocked to read these tweets it almost it makes me wonder too it's like who is the sad motherfucker sitting there digging up this shit from 2011 and 2013 waiting to use it to fucking just like paint someone on like like splatter someone over a wall like what the fuck like, I'm guessing it's an angry <laughs> ex-girlfriend um, maybe yeah <laughs> who, who knows her you know simp new boyfriend to you know dig through his past to you know Throw some shade on it. But what's even more offensive than that concept is the fact that this is being bandied around as something we should care about today. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real problem well, here. here is we are like, talking why? about it, right? Yeah, but I mean, but the reason why we're talking about it is because this is the first article I've ever seen that's mm-hmm. finally calling into question. Like, it, like, I feel like this guy's perspective is mostly like, hey, can we fucking take it easy with the public lynching of people based on what they did on Twitter 10 years ago? I thought lynching is it that relevant? was sort of frowned upon, too, right? Um, <laughs> I should probably use a milder term. No, lynching is fine. I mean, that's what it is. Frontier like, I'm justice. using a, col- a colorful metaphor, but, I mean, yeah. that's what it feels like. It feels like frontier justice, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that someone's finally... And the irony is it's coming from Kotaku, which is really weird, mm-hmm. you know? Like, Kotaku, mm-hmm. which has written... A lot of really questionable shit. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so... Do you want to read the others? Again, I can't see them. <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, I think we've pretty much covered all the good ones. Well, know? there was... There wasn't, wasn't there another good one? Maybe not. Honestly, to me, the no homo stuff he writes is the worst. And I and I still don't think that's really... I don't feel that that's odd for 2011. I, I don't feel that I mean, that at all. Does, does today Josh like that? Maybe less than I did 10 years ago? Oh, I don't but, give a fuck. Honestly, I feel like that's the worst. I don't think and it's I bad And I don't at all. even... Well, it, it's... it's. I still... Even if it... even It's like I said. Even if you assume it is bad, it's 2011. Mm-hmm. It's a different world, man. You, well, you, can't, and, you can't analyze it by 2022 standards. But also, again, it's... That makes sense. It's not... Um, I mean, it's Twitter. It's public, whatever. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. it, it's not like you're, you know, saying this to a class of grade three fucking kids or something. No. Like... No. This is supposed to be adults. Yeah, there. exactly. And, um, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if if that really triggers you that bad, like, yeah. I, I don't know. And he's clearly conservative. Um, clearly. So why are you why are you reading his shit anyways? 
<laughs> if you disagree yeah, with him that point. much, why the fuck are you reading his feed? I don't. You know, he's supposed to. He's supposed to discriminate against uh, disabled people too. I didn't see any of that. I didn't see yeah. that either. Yeah. I don't even understand where that's coming from. Yeah. Oh, maybe. See, they, another, maybe they think Homo is disabled. You know. <laughs> see, another thing I take really big issue with too is that like these articles, and I mean, I think that you know John Walker from Kotaku here, his heart is totally in the right place with like decrying cancel culture. I'm, I'm with him there, but at the same time, both him and IGN article, they don't. That's the thing. Like they they say that there are these tweets, and I'm also really sick and tired of like the the alleged tweets that we're supposed to hit that we're supposed to publicly lynch this guy for on Twitter. We're supposed to call for his job to be removed. Uh, uh, you know, his existence is erased from stuff. They never show what the fucking tweets are. That's what I mean when I was saying, like you were saying, it's great that this guy's calling him out, and I'm like, fucking mm. fence sitting, no toast, piece of shit. Like uh, I okay, agree well, I you with what you're saying, yeah. but yeah. it could have very easily been. You know, just post the tweets, comment on yeah. it, and be like, ah, whatever. Well, listen, one step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> one, one baby steps. Baby, baby steps. steps, man. Baby yeah, steps. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't, uh, what is it, Rome was not built in a day? Is that the expression? <laughs> yeah, it's an expression. But yeah, no, I mean, it's like the, the, the whole thing about the fact that we're always just supposed to accept that whoever XYZ company or corporation just randomly decides that XYZ person is the devil and like we and we just take it. Mm. And with no explanation... And pretend that these companies have like fucking morals and right. they give a shit about anything other than money. And it's like, I mean, he he actually, you know, I skimmed, I skipped over that in the article, but he writes some really eloquent stuff about why the fuck do we think these companies have morals? Like, who decided that? Yeah, who gives them this? I want to find a quote here. When do second. we? Yeah, when did they become people? I mean, here's a great, a great, great quote too. Unrelated, but uh, not exactly what we we're saying. People say and do stupid stuff. People hold awful views or make nasty jokes. I know because I do. We all do. Even the most purian-presenting champions of wokeness have shitty thoughts, say stuff they regret, or hope that thing they said that one time stays private forever. This is 100% true, man. Absolutely. I say shitty stuff all the time. I usually apologize. That's the way it's supposed to work. Sometimes people surround themselves with so many others like them that they lose sight of how dreadful such things sound when they said publicly on social media. Later, that comes to back to bite them on the ass, and it should. Um... Then he goes on to say, I just wish people's responses were honest. God, yeah, I really was being a dick, wasn't I? Damn, I really need to think before I speak. Or, you know what? That's a bigotry I've always held, and I really need to do something about that. Sure, in this specific case, Wagner may be well-reformed, but this idea that the views we held last Tuesday doesn't reflect who we are today is so tiresome, and the attempted implication that we're perfect now, if only everyone else would catch up. Uh, where does he talk about the companies? Ah, yes. Crystal Dynamics then throws into with nonsense about language and views that quote unquote don't align with our studio values. As studio if, values. As if the corporate entity itself is some sort of moral creature possessing a pure driven platonic perfection of ideal values. Ever notice that? Every company is morally impeccable without needing to ever state how, instead allowing the individual to assume this means its values happily match their own. A person at the company causes outrage, at which point this nebulous immaculateness attempts to not be that. And everyone else is asked to assume that this aberration in their perfection has been erased. It's preposterous. Well said. Super well said, Pat. He's eloquent. That is very well said. It's yeah. a nice article. It's a good read. Mm -hmm. you know? I did read it. But, yeah, um, it's but a good that read. Was a good quote. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I mean, I think we've we, we beaten this to death. Yeah, pretty much. I'm I mean, just it's tired of it. It's ridiculous. I'm tired uh, of the bullshit. I know? don't care. I, I, I just thought the tweets were really funny. and um, They were funny. Yeah, and it's like, even if you don't, even if you hate them and they deeply offend you as a person, it was said a long time ago, you know? And that's worth noting. You like fish sticks? 
<laughs> I kind of do. Yeah, you're a gay fish. It was a South Park thing. They kept getting Kanye with it. That's really funny. <laughs> Dude. That was probably around 2011, you know? Oh, um, man, yeah, yeah. But that was the type of shit that was on TV, right? Um, <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I think we've had an awesome fireside chat. It's definitely been a chat. Yeah. Um, I, I will say a couple things, but I don't think we'll get to Dead Island 2. I'll be happy to talk about that in the future. Sounds good, yeah. Uh, I mean, I still want to play the game. Yeah. I can say that for now. I don't. <laughs> That's fine. That's a, but you didn't before either. Or a did long you? time ago, I did. Ah, and then, okay. oh well, like a very long time ago, like a was, year ago or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, before the live action thing came out. Right. Um, and probably before the last gameplay, I can't remember. But there, at one point, I was super down with it, and uh, I was just a little. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to get excited for it. Uh, because I didn't think it would ever come out. Well, that's very and wise. I was just kind of like, you know, I, d- I do want to play this, but I don't want to get my hopes up at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I did the Dying Light 2. Right. And I got my fill of zombies. Right. And I, uh, the live action shit, the, the live action trailer for this, and a lot of the other shit, I just... It didn't have. Uh, it, it didn't grab me anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess for just for context, um, in case anybody's interested, there was a big Dead Island Two showcase right. uh, where you know they called it like Helliday or something. But if you just look up Dead Island Showcase, mm-hmm. it happened like two days ago, I want to say. Um, and they have like a 19 minute trailer that is, as Teague says, unfortunately, a lot of it is live action, just complete. I don't cringe. even. I don't even know what to call it's it. It's a cringe fest, man. It's horrible. It is some of the. Like, the people who made that should be embarrassed. Like, it, yep. it's just disgusting. Yeah, it, I mean... Uh, I feel like they've never done anything. They just let... I feel like it's somebody's son or nephew yeah. or daughter that they let direct and write this. And, like, I mean, yeah. all the actors are also probably related to people working on it. Yeah. It feels like just... <sighs> the, wor- the word creatively void comes to mind. Like <laughs> yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's a good one. It, it's a bit of a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like if you stare at it too long, you kind of get sucked in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Anyways, uh, but the gameplay itself, because there, there is a lot of gameplay too. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check out actual gameplay of Dead Island 2, yeah, most of it is more or less what we saw in the, I want to say recent, was it Gamescom? I, I can never remember. Gamescom or E3, one of the two. Um, but we saw the footage recently, you know, the new footage they had. And it, a lot of it is similar, but then they have some new shit. Mm. They expound on it a bit. I mean, there looks like there's some stuff there. Yeah. I don't know, you know? I mean, a lot of the direction that they're taking with their marketing, I find deeply questionable. We won't get into that because I'll, I'll, I'll start a massive rant. Yeah. So best left left, left untouched. For but, next time. Um, for next time, for next time. But there is a, a showcase if you, if you want to check it out, if you're yep. curious. I understand where you're coming from. I think also if I had played Dying Light 2... I don't probably wouldn't be up for another right. zombie run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can only handle so many. Well, and with the parachute and the grappling hook yeah. and the parkour, it's kind of like, do I really want to play a zombie game where I can't do that now? Yeah, I, I feel like it kind of <laughs> upped the ante a little bit. It totally did, and, and the, the irony is, I actually do want to play a zombie game where I can't do that. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird thing to think, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also I like. I mean, it's very, it's, it's so emotional, but I, I like guns in my zombie games. Yeah. And yeah. I just fucking want guns. Yeah. You know, and it's like, there's really nothing more complicated than that, too. Mm-hmm. I know Dying, uh, Dead Island has guns, and that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also just like the idea of RPG progression. Uh, I, yeah. always, uh, I always find that kind of fun, you know. Yep. Building out your character, picking a class, you know. That is, that I is fun. fucking love that meta shit, you know, just getting, getting deep into the meta. I love crafting, too. Crafting is Upgrading fun. Upgrading weapons. Yep. It's one of the few games that I actually like crafting in. Yeah, because I usually hate crafting, and I, I, 
it, it took me a long time, but I broke into it with Dead Island. Oh, I'd never <laughs> done it before at all. Oh, um, really? Oh, that's funny, oh wait, man. no. No, no. Oh, uh, yeah, actually, I think... I think I got into Dead Island before I got into Skyrim, honestly. Okay. And, um... Yeah, so the Dead that Island... would make sense chronologically, I feel like. Would it? I don't know. Actually, I'm I not only, sure anymore. I only did... Dead Island is like 2013, I want to say. Okay. One, well, it was pretty close together anyways. Uh, Dead Island 1? Oh, 2011. Okay. And Skyrim has to be after that. Skyrim... No, I feel day. like 2009. Also 2011. That's okay. crazy. <laughs> I definitely did Dying Light first. And, um... Dead Island. Dead or Island. Dying Light. D- Dead Island. Sorry. Dead Island. Dead Island, Got for it. sure. And, um... I had never done any crafting, whatever. I thought it was stupid. Like, just picking up all this crap. I got completely suckered in, and (laughs) I just, like, had a blast with it. And then Skyrim, somebody really had to, like, hold my hand through it and, like, convince me to play it. Yeah. And um, I did. And then I got into the the crafting stuff there, too, right? Right. Like, the potions, the... Yeah. Fuck it. Dude. Alchemy. Oh my god! Alchemy enchanting. Yeah, I broke the fucking game. Um, I remember you telling me about that. I absolutely broke the game, (laughs) just like with the the loop, you know, uh, crafting the the fucking uh, gear, charming it, uh, potion. Then you do it again and fucking over and over, and next thing you know, you have like the most ridiculous, like you can one shot dragons, no problem. Yeah. Ah, dude, it was mental. It was crazy. I loved it. Yeah. But um, to come, I mean, yeah, to come back to, we'll, we'll close up our fireside chat and a uh, quick mention with Marvel's Avengers, just because we, you know, spent a lot of time uh, shitting all over that news about, uh, you know, the cancel culture surrounding uh, Brian Wagner. Right. Is that the wrong thing to say? I mean, we spent a long time taking the piss out of the the news about his uh, his expulsion, and it's kind of like again, like the guy says in the article too. Just to be clear. If Brian Wagner is a piece of shit, then he should be fired because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Not, not for tweets he did 10 years ago. Exactly. Just because he's a piece of shit. How is that not reason enough? <laughs> and if he's not a piece of shit, then maybe it doesn't matter that he said this stuff 20, you know, 10 and, years ago. And nothing <laughs> in any of those tweets leads you to believe that he is a piece of shit. Exactly, exactly. Like, maybe a little distasteful. Yeah, yeah. But there is nothing there that's blatant, you know, just downright shitty person stuff like I hate these people because no. they smell yeah you it's know, really like, yeah dude yeah <laughs> I'm with you I'm with you <laughs> it's, it's pretty pretty centrist yeah a lot of the stuff is pretty centrist even. yeah totally it's not totally, even totally. right wing it's yeah. like yeah anyways I mean this, this this news got me to pay attention to Marvel's Avengers in a way that I hadn't in a long time mm-hmm. and I, I was just out of curiosity like I said I watched Skillup's breakdown and I'm like okay I mean I mean you know maybe I really feel like that was a Uncle Roger impression there. <laughs> okay, okay. Huh. <laughs> like me. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> but it's Uncle Roger making fun of Asian people, and he is yeah. Asian. <laughs> Does he actually have that accent? No. I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. I doubt it. <laughs> I really don't think so. Um, but uh, <laughs> all racist Uncle Roger impressions aside. So I was a little fascinated by the game, and Skillop's review really made me think that, like, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe there is something there that's worth ten bucks on a sale. Yeah, for you sure. know what I mean. Like for sure, not. I mean, the, the, it's not the same price it was when it launched. I think it's fifty-five is like the now the new reduced price. Right, we're, we're two years two years after the fact. 
But it's like I just missed a sale, you know. Like I remember seeing one like two months ago that was like, it'll was be back. like ten bucks, you know. And I'm sure it'll be back. I was unfortunate. Unfortunately, today I checked for the eighty percent off end of year sale. Right, I was like, oh, mm. for sure, Marvel's Avengers is too much of a piece of shit to not get a sale. And now it was like full price. Like I feel like a box. There's going to be a Boxing Day or something. There probably will. I don't know. Anyways, so I was just like checking it out because I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe I should give it a shot. I mean, whatever. If it's like really cheap, like why not? Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, I remember because I was expressing all my interest of, uh, you know, my obsession with Vision, right, Mm -hmm. the other day. Um, I thought something that was really cool is that, so they've been, because part of the problem with Marvel's Avengers is they have very questionable uh, character choices. Mm -hmm. Like, they have some of the really impressive Yeah, that stretchy bitch. And a bunch of (laughs) random, wait, is the stretchy bitch good or bad? I like the stretchy bitch. I don't know. Miss Marvel. Is that Miss Marvel? Yeah, that's Miss Marvel. I actually really like Miss Marvel. Fucker. Are you not thinking, is the stretchy bitch for you, is it Fantastic Four? No, because there's also no, that's Mr. Fantastic. That's Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, never mind. No, no, him. Miss Marvel. He's not in the game, right? No, he's not in the game. There's no, fa- there's no fan. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, is. yeah. yeah, yeah. I kind of dig her, but I mean, she's certainly a B tier hero, right? Like mm-hmm. she's not A tier. Um, yeah. Although I do dig her, but it's like they have, yeah, the A tier heroes they have. They have Hulk. They have Iron Man. Spider Man is unfortunately PS PS exclusive. Although that's just because uh-huh. of the. Um, Agreement between Sony yeah. and uh, you know Sony like owns the Spider-Man IP okay. uh, for video games. Like they yeah they own you can't make a video game if you're not a Spider-Man video game if you're not Sony. Okay. Uh, yeah, they just have exclusive rights. It's really weird. Yeah, like everybody, it's like all the other characters are pretty much open, but specifically Spider-Man. I think hmm. because of Sony Pictures, they have their Spider-Man deals, hmm. so they also have the deal for the, the the video games, which is why all the Spider-Man games are only PS5, okay, or PS4. Right. You know, right? Uh, it's a weird sort of setup, but I didn't realize that. So in a way, Spider-Man kind of makes sense that it would be. I mean, it sucks when anything's console exclusive, but it does sort of make sense. Then they also have um, Black Panther was added, um, so he wasn't in the original lineup. They got a bunch of weird. Is She-Hulk playable? No, she's not. Uh, what's the actual playable characters? Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk. They got Chick Thor too. Uh, don't they don't discriminate? Uh, Crystal Dynamics does not discriminate. They're equal equal opportunity Thor employers. Good. Um, Hulk. Black Widow. Black Widow's kind of cool. Miss Marvel. I like her. Um, so that was it in the initial batch. Very small. Mm-hmm. You know, like a hard, like seven characters. Uh, and then, but following release, they've consistently released more characters. And what shocks me is that, so Winter Soldier, who is like lame. I mean, I'm not, well, I'm yeah, not yeah. into him. Uh, it, it's just like when people say Winter Soldier and I'm just like, who? Yeah. Because I read comics in the 90s and I'm just like, I know the big names. Mm. I, I don't know any side names. You know, I was never that into comics. But yeah, Winter Soldier, uh, who I don't, I'm not that into. But the interesting thing about him is he just came out in November 2022. Hmm. Like just a month ago. Okay. So the really weird thing is that I do not understand how they are still, but they're still supporting this game for some reason. They've been consistently releasing new characters. Black Panther came out. Spider-Man came out. The uh, Jane Foster Thor, so the, the girl Lady Thor, she right. came out. Um, then Winter Soldier came out. Is that all that was added? Both Hawkeyes. There's a male Hawkeye and a female Hawkeye, which is in the comics. They're, they're both in. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of cool. And there's, there was leaked data that was in 2020 a month before the game actually released where people dug into the betas and they found lists of characters that they found were placeholders. Hmm. They were speculating we're all, you know, future DLC. And these rumors seem to be accurate at the time because most of the people that uh, have come out since were in these leaks. Okay. Right? Cool. So, yeah, it seems like legit leaks, but of course, these are leaks of two years ago and this game is not at all successful and has been declared officially by uh, Squaresoft? Square... Who's the company? 
Yeah, Square Enix. Has been declared officially by Square Enix as being a financial loss. Like a massive financial loss. So the fact that they're still supporting it, A, is impressive, and B, how long that will last, who knows? Yeah. But in the list is Vision from the spoilers. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Which would make sense because Vision is basically a reskin of Iron Man. Okay. Right? It's like he has a cape, he flies, he has laser beams that come out of his freaking head. Just like laser beams that come out of the hands. Right. You know, it's like, it makes sense that it's completely just a reskin of Iron Man. Super easy. No dev time required, pretty much. Right. So if they're going to keep putting characters, maybe Vision will actually come out. I don't know. That'd be cool. <laughs> but anyways, um, I'm more interested in the game than I used to be. Yeah. And hats off to uh, Brian Wagner being a dick in 2011 because it got me to... Pay attention. It pay attention to this game in a way that other things didn't. So fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Maybe yeah. there's a silver lining. Hey, there you go. But um, well, we've really been going on. Yeah. That was a hell of a chat. Um, hope you enjoyed yourselves. And uh, I mean, I guess that's kind of I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, really I feel like I have anything more to say. Nah, me neither. Yeah, I'm a little tired. Uh, yeah. I have a beer. I think I could use a beer. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. So uh, guess that's it for now. Stay classy. You stay classy. See you next time. 